This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to be Nation. Welcome back to PTBN's NBA Team Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Andrew Reich. I'm joined by Adam Murray. Adam, uh, I thought we could just kind of mosey into the new year. We did a show last week. We could kind of just lay back and watch some football. But whoo! <laughs> the two greatest coaches in football retired about one day apart. The Wizards won a game. What, what else happened that was super eventful other than that? Um, Memphis Grizzlies are done. Yeah, John Moran out for the season with a shoulder shoulder surgery, torn labrum. Sucks, but um, we'll we'll dive into that in a second. Yeah, the NBA has had its share of little moments there, some viral, some more consequential. There was one involving the Clippers that um, Clipper fans are happy about, but we'll we'll talk about it in a bit. How you been doing up there in uh, New England now that the hoodie, the hooded the hooded one is gone. Well, that's it's gonna leave that one alone there. Um, <laughs> okay, we can we can start with 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 football. The thing about the two coaches that retired and were fired um, subsequently, you forget that they were seventy one and seventy two because they've mm-hmm. been doing it for for twenty five. You're, you're talking years. about you're talking about Pete Carroll, right? And Pete Carroll <laughs> is seventy. Look, I'll, I'll I'll give him his flowers. I always thought that he just got lucky with the Seahawks. You know, I, he walked in when they because in the NFL, the draft is everything. If you draft well consecutive years, it's a gold mine and you could win a Super Bowl. And I felt like Pete Carroll got very lucky when the Legion of Boom became a thing. And Russell Wilson was there on third round money or second round money. They just got very lucky. And when they got too expensive, he couldn't keep it going. Um, but I will give the guy credit. Um even though Bill Belichick, uh, ironically, actually replaced him in New England. He won a college football national championship in the Super Bowl, you know? I well, the, the the thing with Pete Carroll was, okay, Parcells had left. Carroll was, I think he was like 11 and 5 first year, 10 and 6 the second year, 9 and 7. And was just, you're not going to get us over the hump. You're sort of middling where you are, c- kind of like how we see with. And that was more of a push out. Uh, I don't think Carroll wanted to be wanted to be out. That was that was well. That, I'm saying, I'm saying in New England, he was fired because of that. Of well, the team's just sort of middling. Are, oh, you know, I was, th- oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm retroing. I thought I was talking about Seattle. Seattle was just oh no, you're we're going to relieve you of your coaching duties. But you Pretty know, you, we could we, we're not firing you because we still owe you a ton of money. So this we'll happened move with you. Dwayne Casey with Detroit. It's like yeah. hey, we'll put you in a front office job for one year because we don't want to actually buy out your contract. Yeah, we're going to we're going to move you to a desk job. Right. But the way the NFL seems to be going, it's away from I don't want to say coaches coaches like that old school mentality. It is now the former player coach that is the big thing with you know, you have Antonio Pierce who should get the job in Vegas. You got Vrabel just fired from Tennessee who will land somewhere. Gerard Mayo former patriot as a patriot um houston has and look at uh look at who it used to, you just said it uh, houston's got to make a ryan i know it's kind of fr- i know this is an nba podcast but <laughs> we're crossing streams you but you opened up with football fr- so well, look football is the things people talk about to make ryan's is a he was a great i remember him at alabama he was a linebacker he was a beast and he's now like a player he's sort of a player's coach that's the they they want Players want to relate to the coach as opposed mm-hmm. to being taught how to do drills now. 
Yeah, Nick so, Saban was the opposite of that. Nick Saban yeah, was, he more was like the last the old school the one. Sensei. Who, yeah. He had figured out recruiting kind of, you know, weird booster-ish recruiting. And, and some people are saying, oh, NIL, that's what pushed him out. It just, he did, the same thing happened to Krzyzewski and Roy Williams. I don't agree with that. I think that Saban was a great enough coach to figure out how to make the NIL system work for his program. He just got burned out by it. He was it just, didn't push him out. It didn't help him as he now had to be recruiting even players he had. It was, once I have you, I know I have you because if you transfer, you're losing a year and you don't want to lose a year. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, well, every year I have to re-up you and there, I need to recruit I need to recruit you every single year. Yeah. And you, when you even have, when you have kids going out of Ohio, like the starting QB from Ohio State transferred out. It's like, you don't hear these things. So no... No player is safe now, so you have to keep recruiting 24-7. And no and coach is safe. Look, Jim Harbaugh might go back to the NFL. If he goes to the NFL, you know Michigan's going to try to get a big name like Dan Lanning or Brian Kelly, and then another musical chair starts. Well, I, I feel bad for Washington now, who hasn't really been huge, and all of a sudden now hit the stage, they found the right coach, and then droop, gone. Uh, the coaching carousel already— they got already... Big Ten money to fall back on. They'll be fine. <laughs> So they could just get stuck in the mediocrity. Like that's the problem with the big 10 getting to so many teams. Cause you're just going to have so many shitty mediocre teams like Minnesota and Indiana who are just going to be there six and six every year because they can't compete with the, the, the Oregon money and the Southern Cal money and the Ohio state mission. So it's just going to be like, you're going to have a lot of, but just like dip to pause the, basement feeder of the Big East every year, and they've been always that bad. Because that's purely a basketball-generated revenue conference, which is good, but it's not football. You know, it's a different story. I can relate this back to the uh, NBA, but I will say this. Like, we look at Nick Saban and, Brian, and Bill Belichick and even Pete Carroll, who I think took that job maybe like, uh, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, where – it, it's kind of similar where in the draft, when you draft an NBA uh, star or if you get a good one in free agency, if you get a good one, you don't let him go. I mean, we see this with Greg Popovich. A lot of people always liken Belichick's success because it paralleled Greg Popovich's. And Pop is sort of in a similar situation. We've talked a lot about the Spurs, and they're pretty bad. And I really don't want to dive into it because we have other news and notes we can discuss. But the whole idea is, like, if you get a good one, do everything you possibly can to make them happy. It's a quarterback-driven league in the NBA, in the NFL. In the NBA, it's a superstar-driven league. Are there legendary coaches, in, like, as we're watching them coach today? Maybe. I mean, I think Yimi Yudoka is a really good coach. Is he who's, gonna, who's been a coach for two years now? Is he going to be the next Phil Jackson? No, I don't that's know. just like you know you put Amani Bates on the NBA 100 list when he was still <laughs> in high school. I said that as a joke. That was a joke, people. Yes, I said that as a joke. I did say Jokic should make it, and I did say I said some future guy should like a guy who wouldn't be on the list in 2022 would make it. And I don't remember who it was, but it was not Amani Bates. I was a joke. I wasn't serious. Uh, fair I enough. So let's, <laughs> let's get into this. Um, okay. Finally, after we finish the football talk, first, I got a little interesting popcorn conversation piece coming. Okay. They, you know, the NBA release report and load management said doesn't really work. 
Mm-hmm. It, you know, injuries happen regardless. And it's like, well, yeah, we know you could get injured at any time. It's just the players are tired and the games are shittier. It doesn't, for the season, they're fine, but, you know, it takes off the back end of the, the, the career. But there was an interesting stat now that said Embiid has to play in 85% of the games mm-hmm. left. And he so, just went through, a, 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 I mean, I don't want to say went through, but Philly sat him for a week. But he has to make every five of the next six games for the rest of the season in order to be eligible for postseason awards. Now, his stat lines are completely insane. So he's number one it, in PER and then it's Jokic. Isn't it going to be like, let's say he's out for two weeks and misses like 10, 12 games. Yeah, like say he wrenches his knee by someone rolls into Yeah, him, and right? that's going to be very interesting to say, we're sorry, you're not eligible. The, the stats you have are completely insane can can we pull a kevin warren when he had ohio state oh you didn't meet the threshold of games played and then eh, we're gonna change the last minute i think they can actually amend that if they wanted i just found that as an interesting point oh it is interesting every week it's just this player this player is no longer i did see that press release and it smelled like propaganda because when you're putting that out you're saying well, we looked at it the other way, and the other way works. Actually, no. <laughs> They're basically trying to say, well, we know for a fact that resting doesn't work. Well, does not resting them work? No. <laughs> They're more, they, they get hurt just as much doing that. So the truth is there is no right or wrong to resting or load management. It's just that the league doesn't want it. The league doesn't want it because it hurts sales. Correct. NBA teams did their, they all have their own statisticians, their own number crunchers. Mm-hmm. And they've come to the conclusion, we can't figure out either. It doesn't seem to work for, it doesn't seem to work against injuries. Like you can have, you know, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies playing in, in those big Zorby balls, big bubble, and they're, they're all falling whether they played back to backs or not. It's just mm-hmm. injuries happen. Players land on other players' feet. You, non-contact injuries happen. I mean, just you, you can practice. A player pulls a, to, you know, slightly tears a hamstring at practice. Oh, he's out for the year. Yeah, hey, any- let, let's let's go back to a really eventful one, 2019 NBA Finals. Kevin Durant is put on load management because he had an injury. They came, they brought him back too early, and he almost immediately tears his Achilles from overcompensating. Klay Thompson plays the entire postseason. He plays great, and at the very end, he tears his ACL. So they both ended with season-ending injuries. Are they on the same side of the statistics? No. Because one played the entire time. The other one was on rest and tried to come back too early. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, 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 it could happen to anyone. You know, the torn labrum, I don't even know when it happened. They didn't re- I didn't even see, like a, like, a clip of when it actually happened. It may have just been just some random thing in workouts or practice where he just messed it up, and, that was, and he was in a sling, and when they did the M- – the x-ray or MRI, they said, yep, torn labrum, surgery, you're done. Could he have done it without the surgery? He probably could have, but he would have been out for two months and the, and the Grizzly would have been out of the thick of it. And I do think the Grizzlies are, I don't think they're going to be sellers, but I can see some of their depth getting moved. But what would you move for? The season's David Roddy could get moved. I could definitely see that. Uh, Steven Adams could get moved just for contract reasons to make the money work. Well, next year they're they're already way over the tax now, and next year is going to be even worse. And is that a tax team? This is what happened with Atlanta last year, Adam. They looked at the owners looked at that and said, "Is this a ta- is this a team worth paying the tax for?" And they said, "No." And we are about to see the cataclysm of that probably in about a month. Would you say with Atlanta? 
Memphis, uh, I think they can probably play with it where they can get just under the threshold like New Orleans will. I don't think they're going to have everybody in, in place by the time we get to February. I oh, think Memphis, that. don't forget next year, John, or, uh, Matt, Desmond Baines has her, his, new, Max, his new rookie Max kicks in. His rookie Max kicks in. It's a big, it's a big bump going and from the I know you're going to roll your eyes at this because he's not at this level. But Jaron Jackson Jr. did win Defensive Player of the Year. That is one of the criterias for Supermax. And he would be eligible after next season. So say he wins Depoy next season. He could ask but for But he him. still has. Does he deserve it? No. He but still I has can see two years play. left on his deal. And right. by then, the NBA, well, we're already going to be in the double tax crunch. Mm-hmm. So teams are going to be like, well, we can't afford the teams that have the money to give players 50 million will be completely, but they, but they have nice candidates in terms of youth and, and energy and, and, uh, and resource. Like, you know, Xavier Tillman's a good player on a small deal. Zaire Williams. I know he's a rookie guy, but they didn't, I don't even think they enacted his team option yet. Santi Aldama is a good player. Like they got things they keep, they can move around. Even Luke Kennard's contract, which is a team option next year, but he's been out with a knee injury. So I don't know how, much people are going to be knocking on their door to get a three-point shooter if he's just going to be sitting. So they, they could depth, do some things. Yes, but yeah. it's not really... Are they going to load it all like Utah probably will in about a month? No, I don't think so. Well, Utah's weird because they're winning, but they're on a streak. But you know that's just an exhibit by Danny Ainge to show, hey, I got good players. Who wants them? That's what that is. Yeah, but hot teams at the right pot time... It didn't help they were so completely awful before this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you the three guys who are playing great. Markinen, which is not a surprise. Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson are playing really well. That's that's the keys. And also, Kelly Olenek is like a point center. Am I saying that right? He's a point center, and his statistics are through the roof. And <laughs> just... Like, I think he came very close to a triple-double one night, and I'm like, how did Kelly Olenek become this great playmaker? It was like, this is really strange. But yeah, Utah is kind of like hanging in there. Shout out to Will Hardy. They're they're playing above their weight. And then you have some teams that are just kind of coasting, but they're still winning games. Like Oklahoma City is tied now with Minnesota for first in the West, and they're just – they're they're um their net rating is now almost exactly the same as Boston's. Now, Boston's got hurt by the fact that even though they're dominating all their wins, they got absolutely smashed on the road by um, the Bucks. Yeah. So that kind of hurt them. And then the Thunder have just been blowing out like Portland, Orlando. They went to Miami and won easily, even though Jimmy Butler didn't play. You know, SGA is making his case for MVP. And it, they also figured out the Josh Giddy problem, which is we talked about this last time where it's like he was getting the Ben Simmons treatment where they're like, uh, coaches realized or players realized, oh, Josh Giddy doesn't like to shoot outside. We'll just leave him open on the perimeter and not let him in the paint. Well, they already adjusted that by turning Jalen Williams into a point forward. Oklahoma City, we don't need to mention them now. No, but they're good. Because that's <laughs> like, why. They are good. We have mentioned this with other teams where they know their role and they're not trying to play outside of it. Just the definition of team basketball, not hero basketball where you see that you know the lakers and uh phoenix and a lot of the top heavy superstar teams yeah you always hear that you know that that rhetoric in the draft oh we or free agency oh we need that missing piece chet holmgren literally was the missing piece literally like he comes in and he fills all the gaps that they needed to be to go from a up-and-coming team to just straight up good 
So it, it's been a pleasant surprise. In terms of the West, I feel I don't feel like any other teams are streaking. New Orleans looks good. They absolutely blew out the Warriors, but then they, lo- they got blown out the next night or two nights later by the Nuggets. So it's hard to kind of gauge where they're at. They're, they're, they are a good team. I do think they're going to make the playoffs this time. And I think yeah. I just jinxed them. <laughs> You're sure about that, though? I mean, they're, they're, they're eight games over. Like and and if you're looking at the play-in, these are teams like Houston's at the 10 spot at 500, and the Lakers are behind them, and the Warriors. We discussed them a lot. I'm kind of tired of talking about them, but I don't think the Warriors are going to make the play in period. What, what I mean by that is that if you're a 500 team in the West because they're cannibalizing each other, you're probably going to make that uh, that play-in tournament. New Orleans is eight games over. They have to fall apart to not get in it. Which is a team who's been. Known for falling apart. And late in the season, yes, because of Zion's injuries. But Zion has an incentive now. He can't sit games. He's on thin ice. He can't he sit, but we're waiting for his injury the same way we, we always used to wait for Anthony Davis's injuries. Yeah, but they're they're playing well. And then, you know, the Clippers, they're, they, they're streaking still. And they're fourth behind Denver, uh, Oklahoma City, and Minnesota. But the big story involving the Clippers was the fact that Kawhi Leonard signed a um, a three-year extension instead of having that player option uh, this coming summer that he could opt out of, which is the almost the same trajectory and salary as Paul George had. Paul George is still in that same like uh, uh, that same situation where he could opt out, but a lot of people are expecting him to resign. But Kawhi was the one who got his money first, which is deserved. It is. He's an all star. He's a great two way player still. But you always, of course, well, I hope he stays healthy for his thing, his for for the the duration of his future contract, because he can't can't afford one more injury. But I ask you this. Do you think he could prolong his career the same way Grant Hill did because of his injuries? Because he took two years off to rehab, like two full years, kind of, and all the other. Do you think he now has more on the back end? Because he's a very physical player. He's It's very different being a lockdown defender. I think what's going to help Kawhi is that he was always, since he worked on his shot when he got in the NBA with San Antonio, he's always been a good shooter. His field goal percentage has always been very high. I'm saying he was a good shooter. Shooter, but then you just sort of become marginalized. You become that Kyle Korver. Well, you're a shooter, so we, we need you well, he's to that, shoot. Well, then. if he becomes marginalized, which I do think in an overpassage of time will eventually happen, but well down the road, he won't be the shooter. I think he'll be a two. He'll be the defender because he's just got the long arms, the big hands. He can still get steals. I think he averages a, a, over like at least a steal and a half per game. He has those nights where he can go off, but the one who really goes off from a scoring standpoint for them is George. They're really a balanced team. I looked at their stats, and they have five players who average between 13 and 24 points a game. That's well-balanced. And I do have to give credit to James Harden there, too. And I think Harden's a big part of what the Kawhi Leonard extension is, because because what Kawhi did is that he didn't get a two plus one this time. He got the three. He got three years locked in at 50, right around 52 to 50 million, a slight raise from what he would have had if had he not opted out. But you know that George's is going to be next and he'll probably get about the same. And then very similar to what happened with Philadelphia, they're probably going to look at whatever money or how much tax they can 
go over to pay James Harden to escape the second apron and say, okay, Harden, here's how much we can give you and not have to pay the super tax. That's what I think this whole thing is. It'll be interesting to see how his contract goes since But that everything... sounds like collusion, does it not? What, where a player agrees to... Uh, well, if if there's any back channel that says Harden and uh, Lawrence Frank said, or, or uh, yeah, Lawrence Frank said, oh, we'll give you, we'll save you this money, you know, because this is what happened with Philly got in trouble with the P.J. Tucker deal, where... Uh, uh, as opposed to Harden, who allegedly, I'll take less money, I'll opt in to get more than well, he... He's an unrestricted free agent. No, but, but you know, he, he said that, and then all of a sudden, the NBA is like, what are you talking about? Oh, no, I was just I was just saying things, Um, mm-hmm. dot, 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 because he realized he had... I still laughed at the one where, when he had the press conference when he went to Philadelphia, and, he, and they said, did you opt into your contract? He said, oh, I forgot the paperwork. <laughs> That still makes me laugh. But um, long story short, L.A. is playing like a very fine line type of uh, economic game where they don't want to go too far over the tax because they're one of the highest paid tax paying teams in the NBA for the last two years. Only the Warriors pay more than them. Maybe they're just trying to get a little bit out of it, but still try to keep Kawhi, Paul George and James Harden because they're on a roll and they think they could probably win a title with this core. Do you think they need to make some changes or like any additions? What could they possibly do, though? Uh, try to get a try to get maybe a backup for Ivica Zubac so he doesn't have to do too much. But this, these are all we need to wait and see who gets bought out. They don't have trading. Yeah, but remember, back- they're 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 a second apron team. They can't do the buyouts yet, right? Or is that next year? It's one of those very tricky things. But this, if if this is it, this is the last year they could do it. The the buyout people. Yeah, this year nothing changes, but so changing a back end of the bench guy for another back end of the bench guy, the way they got Bones Highland for, oh, he's going to be good. And then, oh, wait, he's just a malcontent everywhere he goes. And, oh, well, whoops. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Do you see, I think Utah is going to wind up being a seller. In the East, we know Toronto's gonna. Toronto and Atlanta are getting very dangerously close, and Detroit. <laughs> I think people are calling Detroit, but I don't know which players are actually gonna. Detroit, who is, they're doing stuff because the front office is panicking. The front office is panicking because we know we can't fire Monty Williams because we owe him. He's the most expensive coach in the NBA. Yeah, like so they can't. He, so the front office is like, oh, we've gotten. You know, we. They set themselves up with swap meet stuff. Let's get little pieces. Let's sign Kelly Olynyk to a to a sort of higher than average deal. Have him play into it. Jeremy Grant. Let's sign him to a higher than average deal. Play into him. Trade him out. Trade up. They they say they tried the same thing with Bagley. Let's get Bagley. He's a second pick. He was yep. you know didn't fit in Sacramento. Then all of a sudden, okay, nobody really wants him. So then, let's flip him for Gallinari. Let's get expiring deals. So. Detroit looks yeah, like they're was, in the this process. Was a weird, this is a deal where, at the end of the day, Detroit's have, taking on less salary. They're moving Marvin Bagley well, Jr. Bagley has one more year. And moving him to Washington, who will, he'll play in Washington. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he'll, he'll lose in Washington as well, so that's not going to change. But... They, they like, but that, but Gallinari and Mike Mascala, but combined those two's con, those two salaries are expirings, and Bagley still got twelve and a half mil guaranteed. Bagley has one more year left, so that's Correct. why. So they're so, so Wizards are taking on more money, which they were able to because they were an under they were functioning as an under the cap team after the Beal 
stuff when they unloaded everybody. So th- they they can make the move now. There's that means you're having more space for Detroit on their cap. Is this a harbinger of something bigger? Isaiah Isaiah Livers was getting he was getting minutes. He's getting playing time. Mm-hmm. He, he had he a would. lot of is- injury issues with his foot. You know, he had broken his foot in college and he never really recovered from it. Him and Kevin Knox had sort of played themselves back into the can, rotation. Can I try to vouch for the Pistons? Because I have league pass and I'm a degenerate and I do watch their games. They do play hard. They don't win, but they do, do play they? hard. Did you see that yeah, inbound do. pass? Well, Jaden Ivey is... <sighs> can I just say it? I think he's a bust. I think Jaden Ivey's a bust. I don't think he's a bust. He can't play with Cade because you watch him when when since Cade's been gone. He's a Malik Monk where he's just a really bad fit on a dysfunctional team, and then when he finds the right place, he's a stud. Because that's what happened to Malik Monk. And I mean, and okay. Monty Williams has always been like a leader of men. It's just that it's just bad. It's a team that he didn't really like build. And he didn't inherit any of them. They're kids who obviously. I don't know, but you watch them, their fundamentals are just bad. Mm-hmm. They they look completely lost on every which play, and I don't, that's what I don't get with, you think they'd be coaching, they'd be bad, but they'd be like Princeton bad. We're, okay, we're going to run, we're going to run this set for the full 24, not just go down and mm, do whatever, but. um, they, I, Well, here's the thing. Is this a smaller thing that might lead to something bigger? It's possible, but we all know that there's contracts that can be that are expiring, that they that are kind of bloated, and they if they get moved, they can it can give a play like some contender in the West or East will have will be able to make some kind of a big trade. I, the two I'm kind of staring down are um, the LA Lakers and the Golden State Warriors because you know that they're the Lakers are all you know when LeBron is trying to like sneak in with all these like digging in like did you see that comment where they said hey what do you think of the James Harden Clippers he said oh you mean the Ty Lue Clippers where he was complimenting how well coached they are <laughs> I felt like he was throwing shade at Darvin Ham so what I mean is that you know LeBron is back channeling to try to figure out what kind of additions to make and you know Golden State is going to get desperate. You know they're going to do something rash where they're like, hey, we need to let go of Tr- Draymond. Or, hey, it might be time to pull the trigger. Are they? Because they haven't yet. And- I think it's going to happen. It's going to take another few weeks to talk their way through it. But I do think they're going to try to make a big move. It reminds me a little bit of like when – this is a long time ago. But when the Suns got Shaq. And it was like, why did they do that? They're going to be good, but why did they do that? And I think the Warriors are going to do it. The Lakers, like, here's the thing. They're looking for sellers. Detroit's going to be, like, a proprietary team. Um, Are the Houston Rockets going to be sellers? No. Are the Dallas Mavericks going to be sellers? Absolutely not. The The Nets? Maybe. Like, what do you? who do you think might be on the selling block? It has to be Toronto, but... We've we've done the Siakam talk we've so talked many that a lot, times, yeah. and and you know he's going to get moved. We just don't know where Atlanta. We talked about a lot. DeJounte no, that's what Murray. I wanted to. Dejounte Murray's going to. Dejounte Murray supposedly is reportedly is being put on ice because they're they're going to move him. That's the story. That's before I get into the who's the seller talk. Just a quick thing about Siakam. Do you blame him for saying I would rather play on Detroit with a max deal than winning? Because no. he said, I want to be a free agent. I'm going no. to chase the money. You always want the money. 
Like, of course. Like, like how has anybody ever turned? Has have people turned down more money for a winning team? Yeah, when you're a veteran. Yeah, and they always they always regret it. But mm-hmm. if you're on a ring it- quest, that's a whole nother can of worms. That's not Pascal Siakam's trajectory right now in his career. Pascal Siakam is just about in his prime, or just a little bit. He's past not his it. prime, but if you bury, let's say the Wizards or Detroit be like, we'll, we'll max you out. Of, of course he's going to sign there, but is it worth being that bad getting your money? I do believe this. I think the team that he lands with, he will resign. It's going to be similar to Kyrie Irving when he went to Dallas. I think it's one of those ones where, hey, we'll make the sacrifice to bring you in. Just please, let's do a wink, wink, handshake where you sign here, where you stay here in the in the summer. But um, but yeah, like what what did you want to say about Atlanta? Oh, Atlanta, as we've just mentioned, the gave up four first round picks to get Murray and then realized he can't play with Trey Young too much. Who do you think can get moved? And let's just ask the big question. Do you think Trey Young could get moved? Trey Young. I would move him. Would personally. I mean, do you think that because you you can get a superstar back for him? It it wouldn't be the give me, you know, your your brightest star and then three first round picks. You could flip Trey Young for a top 15 player. That's what up. I tried to make the case involving New Orleans and Zion, where it's like, hey, if you did the deal now, you could get a lot of value right now. If you do it a year later, probably not. Trey Young, and I really like him. He's a great assist guy. He can he's nuclear from a scoring standpoint. He can just go off. I love watching him. But I don't know what his value is going to be in future years. I think it's going to depreciate. Well, he hasn't he all he's been known as for as a coach killer thus far. He's kind not of. A, he can't rebound, which I don't think is the end all be all of Trey Young, but he just never improved of it. He's never he never even Steph Curry became a good rebounder. Like he just never like amplified his skill set from his second or third year when he went off and they went to the conference finals. Is that still at, is that player still there in Atlanta? Absolutely. But his efficiency is weird. His shooting is poor. He lives at the free throw line. I, I really enjoy watching his style of play and offensively, Atlanta is excellent, but defensively, they are so, so bad. And they've tried to do different things, like bring in DeAndre Hunter as like a stopper at the three. They have Clint Capella, and then they bring in Onyeka Kongu behind him. They tried different things to improve the defense. And it seems like the only person who's really taken the leap is Jalen Johnson. So, like, what... The only and thing he's I can untouchable s- now. And- he is untouchable, but Hunter is not. Now, who wants Hunter at 20 plus million a year for four more years? That's the story. So I think there are some people that could get moved. Bogdan Bogdanovich as a six man has been valuable. And I think he could get moved to if if um if Quinn Snyder just says, hey, I will take a mulligan here. We can just try to reboot this team. And if Trey don't want to be part of the reboot, he wants to be, if he wants out, we'll trade him in the summer for a bevy of picks. But I do think that Atlanta is going to start shedding some people really soon because I don't like the way they look. They just don't look like a good team. Well, they have problems because Jalen Johnson next year will be eligible for his rookie extension season. He's in his fourth year. Yeah, I think he's yeah. on that. I think he's you on have- that sort of like. 
I think he's sort of on that. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to remember a player who was like a rookie guy, but he didn't get max, but he got something close to it. Can you help me with that? Who was rookie to not like uh, Wendell Carter Jr. or Jaron Jackson Jr. Someone who didn't get the rookie max, but he got something close to it. He got a pretty good deal. That's what Jalen Johnson's going to get. He's going to get that. You got Sadiq Bay, who you traded for. and Yeah. So you, you got to move on from him quickly. DeJounte Murray, you traded four first-round picks. You got to move. You got Clint Capella next year, who's in, is expiring. And they've been looking to get rid of him for two years. The, you, the, the thing about Murray is that he has a poison bill deal, but it's not that bad. Like it's 25 million. It's 25 million a year and it goes up to 29 until 2028. So it's a long term deal, but it's actually not. It, the value is actually pretty high for DeJounte because I think he's a good guard. You know, the only sellers you ha- could I could think of is Charlotte. What about Miles Bridges? I don't know if Miles Bridges wants to stay there because he just signed a one year. Yeah, but there's he no he's absolutely not going to stay there. We know Gordon Hayward's on the block, but we know he's going to be cut at the end. But the one that everyone's going to want out is Charlotte is Terry Rozier, and he's untouchable. At least I think he is. (laughs) Do do you think Charlotte? Do you think he's untouchable in Charlotte? Talk about Terry Rozier. How is he untouchable? Because he's got, like, he's a 25 mil a year guy, but he's such a good backup point guard. And LaMelo Ball has injury problems. So if you were a team looking for a point guard, do you want Rogier? Do you want Colin Sexton? Do you want Jordan Clarkson? Do you want Malcolm Brogdon? Or do you want D'Angelo Russell? Where does Rogier fit on that list? Uh, the problem with Rogier is that because he's been in Charlotte since, what, 21? You know, you don't know if he has that winning mentality. Brogdon does. So I would actually, maybe I'm the hot take guy today, but I'll go with Brogdon on that. But Brogdon, Sexton is younger. Yeah. Um, Jordan Clarkson has been six man of the year already. Again, yeah. Same thing with Brogdon. (laughs) Yeah. So Terry Rozier, why are you, why are you, no, hey, we'll give you a, we'll give you all this for him. I got three other teams looking to unload point guards right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I meant. Like Charlotte needs to. So you would say on the untouchable list for Charlotte would be LaMelo, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams. Is that what you would say? Kind of. Cause you have to, they need to kind of blow it up, get rid of their salary, Start over because they're not competitive. They, at no point have they looked competitive. You can't be competitive if your best guy is always injured and when Lamelo, and you have nothing. Miller has been good, but who do you think could take? Who do you think could take Hayward? You know who I think would. I think Chicago. He would fit well. I would engineer a three-way involving the Lakers with Levine and try to get Hayward. But why in Chicago. trade him when you know he's going to be cut? Because at least you can make a shot for it if you're going to lose Levine. Levine came back. Um, Levine but, came back, but he has no value due to his contract size. Yeah, and also Kobe White. What the hell? Like, he came out of a cannon. He looks great now. What happened to him? It took a while for him to finally put it together. But we had mentioned that last year. You in that Last week, we sa- I said, is Zach Levine, Levine better, three times better than a cheap guy? It's like, well, no. From a salary really standpoint. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough, you know, I mean, they got some teams that are kind of like middling there and 
you know, Brooklyn's one of them too. I think the thing with Brooklyn, if they can engineer something involving some really weird um, incremental Ben Simmons buyout, now we're talking. Like, they, they, we could figure something out there. But I, I don't think Brooklyn's really that interested in it. And, like, I don't think they're that they're going to be that active on the market. I think they have some interesting players that other contenders are going to want, like like Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton or Spencer Dinwiddie. But I don't think they're actually – I think they're going to overprice their the value of their players unless Ben Simmons is part of the deal. Hey, we'll take Simmons off your books. Nobody wants Ben, especially because he still has. But that's what I'm saying. Left. That's the only way it's going to happen if someone takes on the Ben Simmons money. And nobody is. Nobody imagine, is going can you to. Imagine Ben Simmons going to Detroit. For you know, with I with all no these picks, no like <laughs> I right now, it's all just sort of waiting on Atlanta, yeah, and Toronto. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some big like five team trade where everybody just gets moved all at once. It's possible. As I opposed mean, we, to... We saw that with the, the Damian Lillard trade where they started involving more people and more people and more people. So it's possible. Um, Do you worry about the Orlando Magic? They've lost um five of their last seven. No, because they're slowly coming to earth. They need veteran... They do need... I, be, I agree with you there. They need to add somebody. Who is it? I don't know. But they do need to add something. And they have that capital to change. Like Gary Harris. I'm waiting for him to get moved. Gary you know? Harris. You got... Wendell Carter Jr. Because they have enough big men to. Mm-hmm. You could play Paolo at the five. You got Goga Bear, who has been ser- serviceable. And um, I, Jonathan Isaac, is he expiring? Uh, Jonathan Isaac, uh, he's got a team option. So it's one of it's He's one expiring. Of right. So they it's a team option people. at 17 million, so they can let him go. And they just had too many young people. They kind of need somebody other than. Uh, and, and I know we didn't talk about them a lot because they're not a good team anyway, but I will say this. The Portland Trailblazers are not that bad. They're, they're not that they're, good. They're not, but th- their defense is good. Anthony Simons is finally healthy and he's actually playing really well. Um, I I mean, can they move some people like you mentioned Brogdon? Yeah, but I don't I I think they're just going to try to improve as a younger team with Scoot. You know, Scoot has struggled. You want to hear a crazy one? Scoot averages more turnovers than assists. And that's that nuts. is the measurement of the coach. Mm-hmm. Chauncey Billups. If you have Chauncey Billups and I am ownership knowing I'm in a rebuild, I'm in tanking. The only thing that concerns me is the development of a player whose position you are. You should be coaching him 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Because we need him to be good. Your uh, your job develop, depends upon his development. If he's yep. struggling, why do we have a point guard coach who you should be able to talk to him? Right. I, I don't know. All and, that, know and, that is, clash, and that clash of personalities can be can be harmful. You know, I mean, we, 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 it's very important that the players get along. Like I believe Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland do get along really well. And I do think they fit well. They did have, we didn't mention it, but they had a game in Paris and uh, the only one who decided to <laughs> eat some crepes on the court was Donovan Mitchell. Cause he went for fucking 45 points and 12 rebounds in, in a win against the Nets. But like, there's a couple, like it's the typical stars that are sort of popping off. Um, like normal SGA, Kyrie Irving. Is there anybody who's been surprising you? I know we mentioned Jalen Johnson with uh, with Atlanta. Is there anybody you've been watching where you're like, hmm, that dude was better than I thought? No, I think we'll get into that next week with our surprising, next episode with surprising players. I'll, I'll give you one right off the top. 
Jonathan Kaminga is actually playing well now. After that whole, we, we, we've spent oh. enough time on the Warriors and the, the mystery, you know, why, why, why well, are people I, showing I, up I, at, listen, he's won four or five NBA championships. Wait, four, four NBA championships as a coach. But I think he, I think Steve Kerr got that one wrong. I think he should have played him. I think he should play Kaminga more. And you, you have people coming to his press conference to find out his answers and Kaminga's like, I'm tired of this. And why aren't you taking this in house? Because you're the problem in house is the problem. And I'll um, tell you one guy who's in, I know Washington was already involved in a deal that we discussed, but Tyus Jones is playing really well. And I know he, I know he can be valuable as a backup point guard somewhere. I know he can. And just uh, one, one quick last take before we, we head out of here. Mm-hmm. Quick 10 seconds. Do you care that the NBA draft will be two days? No. In fact, I want it to be three. I want the lottery to be one night. I want the back half of the first round to be the second night. And I want that crappy uh, second round to be on ESPN News. That's what I want. They're like, you know That's what? They're just, you know what? They, I know I'm crazy. But you know what the justification they said is, Adam? Well, it's too rampant for the second round. The second round was traded 25 times between the one year and the other. Who cares who they pick? Besides, I there's think a lot it's, of players uh, who don't want to be in the second round. They want to be. I know. Draft. Yeah, you know it's coming, but it's a way to drum up. I just think they're they're doing interest it wrong. for players. Nobody they're cares about. They're looking at the NFL schedule and they're doing it wrong. They're saying, "Oh, let's make the second round night two. No, you make the back half of the first round night two. Then you get some interesting, like movement. I, I is it a bridge too far for you? Probably. <laughs> yeah, because I, because it's not well, the it's, same. We don't have seven rounds. It's different. No, it's hard to get excited for this player is going to be in Europe and he may never come over and who really cares. But anyways, let's get excited for the Bagley era to finally kick off in our nation's capital. Mm -hmm. Uh, Third time's a charm, right? This time he'll put it all together. Oh, no. Um, It's just going from. Um, What about those those all-star vote getters? Anything shocking for you? No, no. Um, the fine. only one I, the only one I would say from a voting standpoint that I could see is about to happen, and even though popularity wise, I get it. I just, I would wring my hand at it. Shea Gilders Alexander is not going to make the cut uh, as a starter because Curry is going to get more votes than him, along with Doncic. And no, absolutely not. SGA should be the starter. That's the only one. Everything else, it, it doesn't matter with Yao Ming being starters and Shaq I know, being starters. Who cares? Years ago, we like we're getting smart. But the, NBA game. Fan, but the NBA fan is getting smarter. Like Tyrese Halliburton is number one in guards because he's probably the best guard in the East. You know, all-star games are relevant. All right. Oh, but well. I like, but, but it's a criteria. It is now a criteria for Supermax. All right. Well, for Andrew Reich, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care. Take care.